From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, JR, a lot of drama last week involving Foxconn. The Taiwanese electronics giant said it would shift the focus of the plant it's building in Mount Pleasant from manufacturing LCD screens to research and development jobs. But after a lot of hand-wringing and finger-pointing, it appears LCD screen manufacturing at the plant is back on after President Trump had a personal conversation with Foxconn CEO Terry Goh. What do you make of all this and of the latest development with President Trump stepping in? Well, in, in essence, we're back to where we were before. Um, Boscon had said uh, last summer sometime that it was going to kind of scale back from what they call uh, Generation 10.5 plant to Generation 6, which are, are smaller LCD screens. So now we're back to doing that. Um, now they're also talking about doing a research facility there about... They've talked about things like a, a packaging plant and some other stuff. So there's still details to be worked out. But in essence, not much has changed. But this all comes after a lot of kind of going back and forth about what's really happening there. Uh, when the company executives gave an interview to Reuters, which you talked about the high cost of trying to produce screens in the United States because of you know high labor costs, about a changing focus of the plant, then there was another report of an, an Asian outlet that they were suspending work on the facility, uh, which was quickly pushed back by both Foxconn and Wisconsin's Economic Development Corporation. So, you know, it's, it's been a whiplash of what's going on, but the real bottom line is we still won't know for years what this is going to be, this plant. Is, is it going to be a major manufacturing facility? Will it be research and development? Will it hit 13,000 jobs? We simply don't know. Republican leaders were quick to blame new Governor Tony Evers for Foxconn's change in plans. What do you think the political fallout of those comments will be? I don't know. You know, Foxconn was quick to say that they've had good good relationship with Evers so far. He has uh, not been heated in his rhetoric about Foxconn. He's raised questions about the transparency of the the project. He said he's got some concerns about a couple of the environmental permits, but he's not one of the leading critics of this project in Wisconsin. So it seems like there's a some kind of some kind of working relationship there between the governor and this this company. Um, now, if Foxconn pulls up stakes and goes away, there's going to be a question of why. Uh, and people try and play the, pin the blame on Tony. That happens. The reality is a lot of these changes Foxconn's talking about, the movement away from the original vision to what we're at now, is that there are global market demands on this company that's trying to meet what its customers want, and that market is changing. Um, it's bigger than what Tony Evers' tax policies are or things like that. I mean, yes, you know, Foxconn is here because of the package that uh, Governor Scott Walker, you know, negotiated with the company. But whatever what ends up happening with that plant, there's a lot bigger uh, forces at play than just that package about what they're going to do there. Also last week, the co-chairs of the Joint Finance Committee announced the state will have more money to spend than expected in the next budget to the tune of almost $2.5 billion. What proposals are likely to come forward for what to do with this money, and who will prevail? When I've talked to people about that, they believe Governor Evers is queuing up a budget that will spend 
most, if not all, of that $2.4 billion, and maybe then some. He's talking about things like Republicans didn't adequately fund education or they didn't address prison reform, things like that that, you know, cost money. The question, though, is, one, what does Evers propose? And two, what will Republicans accept? If he goes out and spends a lot of money that they're not comfortable with, they're going to ignore that request and do their own proposal. Then what can Evers do with that with his, his veto pen? In other developments, Democrats introduced a new health care plan. It prohibits insurance companies from discriminating based on a person's pre-existing condition, prohibits lifetime and annual limits, as well as requiring policies to cover essential health benefits specified by the state with limits on cost sharing. What's the likely fate of this proposal given the current climate in Madison? Oh, I don't see it going anywhere because it's a Dem-authored bill. Um, Republicans have their own version that deals with the pre-existing conditions issue. Um, that bill incorporates some of the changes to Governor Tony Evers wanted to the original Republican bill. This new Democratic version adds more of what Evers wanted. But at this point, Republicans seem content to work on their version. And because even the version that the Assembly passed that addressed some of what Evers was concerned about, their question that bill can get to the Senate by, you know, anyway, before Evers can even have a chance to either sign or veto it. And the reason is that that bill expanded things beyond what the legislation last session did and expanded them in a way that, you know, addressed one of Evers' concerns. Well, that makes it harder for some Republicans to get behind the bill in the Senate because they had concerns before about the less expansive version. So I don't see this Democratic bill going anywhere right now because there are problems with the Republican one or there are, there are questions about where the Republican one's going to go. And finally, the conservative candidate for state Supreme Court appeals Judge Brian Hagedorn came under fire for comments on a blog he wrote more than 10 years ago regarding abortion and homosexuality. He commented on a landmark gay rights ruling by the U.S. Supreme Court in 2005, which struck down an anti-sodomy law. Hagedorn said the ruling could lead to legalization of bestiality. Hagedorn is running against appeals court chief judge Lisa Neubauer, who is backed by Democrats. So how might this play out at the polls in April? It just depends if it ends up being something that we see in campaign ads or in mail pieces. One of the lessons I've learned from many years of covering politics is it doesn't matter how many words I write about something. When it comes to how a campaign is influenced by news, it's how does that news used by groups and candidates in their campaign ads because that reaches more people. I mean, if they see it in mail, if they see it on TV, if they hear it in radio ads, then it would sink in. Um, my guess right now is that something like this will likely be used to fire up the, the liberal base because April elections are typically very low turnout. So you, you're talking about more of the hardcore voters who show out or show up. You need to motivate them to come out. And this is something that can motivate that liberal base and help get them turn out for Lisa Neubauer. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.